You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. So this morning, I want to talk about will you, will I? And part of this, it really came out of my trip to Asbury. You know, I went to Asbury last week. You guys have been praying for me, and I really do appreciate it. It was a, a very interesting time. Uh, I had a lot of warfare getting there, which was surprising. I don't usually um, have such a visible level of warfare against me because um, I have greater, great intercessors around me. Uh, but uh, even during the night, two nights in a row, I woke up. Uh, with a vision of like the devil. And uh, I was like, you're not usually around here, so what's going on? <laughs> this is not my hula hoop, so what's going on? <laughs> so, um, and, and I was just like, you got to leave? Nope. I'm like, well, now wait a minute. I said, you know, it's like my kids, I told you so. But anyhow, uh, finally, I saw this giant foot of Jesus and my foot was inside his foot and he just crushed the enemy. And I was like, okay. And, uh, and I still, it still was a little bit of a war to get there, but you know, I got there. Uh, and it was really worth it. Not only did I get to go to Asbury and I'll tell you a little bit about that, but actually what the Lord did was he taught me and showed me some things that we need to know as we go forward. Um, and, you know, the, the wonder of just being there with them. I also got to go, my friend, Michelle Talone, who's uh, a DJ on the Joy FM, actually walked on the airplane when I was sitting there. So I hooked up with her. I ended up in one of her friends, Kina. And uh, I stayed at their Airbnb for one night and we went to Cane Ridge where the outpouring in 1801 was. And it was Matt's been there. It was a powerful opportunity to go to. I went to the ark, the giant ark. I'm telling you guys, that is something to see. It is a life-size model. Gene had told me about it a long time ago when he'd gone. It is a life-size model of the ark and the levels. And it is... It really is overwhelming. And there are just aha moments and revelation that comes as you go through that arc. It, it is a powerful thing to do. And then I came home and we went to see Jesus Revolution. Again, if you haven't seen it, I'm telling you, go. 
you will not only be touched by the presence of God that pours out watching that movie, but it really is a, a reminder of uh, what occurred, which is Gene was saying earlier, he told his daughter, you'll never read that in the history books in class, never. But it's a reminder of what's occurred, but it also is a sign for what is coming. So I would encourage everyone to go see it. Is it, it, it an excellent movie? Excellent job. So it was good. And then Pastor Gene, Chuck, Karen, Michelle, and I went to Ocala for um, Mario Marilla and uh, Lance Wall now. And that was good because they really talked about what God is doing, of course. But it was interesting when we got there, there were these two protesters out there. They had big signs and all this kind of stuff. And as you're walking up, they're screaming at you. And you're like, let's see, I've had my coffee. What is it? And they're like, they're NAR people. I'm like, I don't even know what a NAR person is. And you know what it reminded me of is that the word of God says that if we have an issue with our brother, we go to our brother. And if our brother won't listen, we take someone with us. And for someone to sit there and scream at the participants coming to a pastor's meeting tells me, and as we walked away from them, because I'm like, I'm not engaging. He starts yelling at Gene. Gene's like, a, you know, he says, get your Bible out, brother. He says, I got my Bible right here. But as he starts, as we walk away, he says, well, we love you. You don't love us. I'm like, this isn't a discussion of love. I'm like, just keep walking. I can't hear. But you know what it reminds me of? And I'm going to talk about this a little bit as I talk about what's going on in, in the world. What happened at Asbury is we see from a veiled perspective at times. And our, our focus gets so minute on someone else that we forget what our own calling is. And, and the, the, you know, they can sit out there and scream all they want, but, but what good is that among a body of believers that's screaming at you about going into a, a meeting of pastors and then at the end says, well, you don't love us. I'm like, I don't even know you. All I know is you're screaming at me. So we have to realize, and this is part of what I'm going to talk about in the Asbury thing too. We have to realize that God has called us all. And not all will love what we're doing. And part of the trouble we have as a body of family, a body of believers, is that if everybody isn't doing what we're doing, then they're wrong then they're not carrying the right anointing. Then they're not X. And there is error that happens. But we have to trust God in the error to send the right people who can speak into that error. And we know that we've seen pastors fall. We've seen evangelists. We've seen people fall and not respond to the direction that God sent. We've also seen them restored back up. So I guess my point of that is, is we have to mind our P's and Q's. We have to understand what does the word say. And if they feel like I want to know, and I did not ask them, it just popped into my head, guys. But how much time have you spent on your knees praying and interceding for Mario and Lance? 
If you've got such a burden for what they're doing that you think is wrong, where's your intercession? So that's just a, that's a P.S. That's a P.S. But I want to weave together kind of what happened in Asbury and what God's been showing me and what I feel like as the gathering, because we know that God is calling us. I've shared the vision many times where you can go back in January and start listening to what God is showing us as a body where we're going. Um, first, I want to start with a couple of prophetic words. In February 2nd, the Lord showed me that there were fires starting all over the nation. And uh, they were fires of holiness and fires of love. And he said, I'm setting the fires in the hearts of people who will burn for me. And they will do great exploits on my behalf. And he also talked to me about Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. And he said, when Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, I will be glorified. And I don't know if you've seen any of the interviews or any of the talk of a lot of the players. What do they talk about? Jesus, Jesus. And one thing that Mario Morillo said yesterday, I think it was Mario that said, you know, we've talked about, and we've, we talked about this. We talk about the movement of prayer in stadiums and, uh, uh, DeMar Hamlin who got hurt January 2nd, um, the whole stadium, all the players got out on their knees and began to pray and intercede for him. So, you know, we, we think, God's move needs to look like this, but God's move looks like however he wants it to look like. And what we have to do is recognize the move and step into what he's doing. That's really our job. Um, but there was a prophetic word that came out in October 2022 from Jeremiah Johnson. It said mass evangelism, prayer gatherings, miracles and unique expressions of outdoor worship are taking place. And he said specifically Tulsa, Tampa Bay and Tucson. But he also said that college campuses um, uh, are experiencing unprecedented moves of God in those cities as well as others. And of course, this was 2022, and we are definitely seeing this. And then Miriam Evans said in 2018, in a dream, and this is significant for us in Florida um, and on the eastern seaboard, it said, in a dream, I was at a beach in Miami, a large foot and leg appeared touching the shore of Florida. This being so large, I could only see his foot and his leg. The rest of the body was above the clouds. I heard the Holy Spirit say, this is the angel of awakening. I immediately remembered the passage in Zechariah 4 where the angel awakened Zechariah like a man who was awakened out of his sleep. And it says the angel then delivered Zechariah a message about God reviving the nation of Israel. And she said in the dream, as the angel stepped on the shores of Florida, a fire ignited and ran up the eastern quarter of America from Miami to Maine. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this land east coast will be known as the land of the rising sun. So I will tell you the reason I, I remembered this and the reason I want to tell you this is because one of the people that was with Michelle Talone named Kina, she is over 850 plus intercessors for Florida. And when this word came out a couple of years ago, you know, it, it was out there, out there. And then last year, the Lord started saying, I want you to do that. She's like, I'll organize it, Lord, the eastern, the prayer up the eastern seaboard. He goes, no, I want you to go. 
So someone called her, I think it was within three days, I should have made notes, but, and said, I've got an RV that I feel like I'm supposed to let you use. And she was like, Lord, stop. Because <laughs> she's a professor at a college. I mean, she, you know, but she, what she did is she started in Miami in her RV with a group of people. They went up the eastern uh, east coast. They stopped in every state and planned ahead. They gathered the intercessors for that state. They prayed and declared over every single state along the eastern coast. And now not only does she have the network in Florida, but now she has an intercessor network that runs the Eastern Seaboard. And when they have 911, when they have emergencies, they have that interconnection to be able to start praying in and declaring. While we were together, she had gotten a message that they had just opened up a satanic club in an elementary school. And I don't remember the state. It was either Virginia, Maryland, something like that. And so... The, you know, the prayers are going out because we've got to close that down. And their slogan is one coming near you. No, right. But that's the power of what's going on behind the scenes that really we never heard of. It. And I wouldn't have known anything about it had I not met up with them. So it's very, very powerful. So when I got to Asbury, there was uh, they gone from 20,000 people on Saturday uh, to about a thousand when I was there. And it was really very interesting. There's people all over the grass praying. We prayed over people, uh, singing, worshiping. It was just so organic and so, it's like, this is what we do every day. We go stand on the grass of the camp. You know, it's just people from all over. They were just in circles wanting to pray, wanting to worship, wanting to just declare the Lord. Um, and, you know, in Asbury, the, uh, revival like this broke out 53 years ago, February 3rd, 1970. And um, so I'll tell you a little bit about that because we met an alumni that was actually there. He had come to, to, to relive because he told us that outpouring that happened changed the DNA within him forever. He said that was the time I could say that changed me, that changed me. So um, anyhow, so this is, we, we had a chance to really talk to some of the students, a lot of the people that live there. And when I got there, the atmosphere there was just peace and a real humility, a real hunger for the Lord, uh, just an excitement, but it wasn't like a power and fire. It was like, peace and um, purity. It was very different than a lot of things I've been in. Um, it was filled with encounters and all those good things. The first service I went to was very quiet and muted and just pure worship. They had a guitar and a djembe and sometimes somebody played the piano. Though, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, rock star worship that we think it has to be in order for God to show up. In fact, I guess one of the famous worship leaders offered to help them and they were like, "Now nah, we're good. We feel like we're supposed to, you know, host this ourselves. And then the next day it was just full of repentance. We just spent time on the floor, uh, just repenting, worshiping. They had altars set up at all the buildings and um, the board of directors the students, the faculties, they were on all the altars. 
And they were people flooding the altars, just wanting prayer, wanting to rededicate their lives, wanting to get, we had, they had so many salvations there, just wanting to have that change of life with God. And it, it was, it, I mean, it was overwhelming to watch them do that. It was beautiful, beautiful. Um, but one of the students shared her story. She was one of the 19 that stayed. Her name is Sarah. And um, they were in a Wednesday service, chapel service. Same as Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They have it three, day, three days a week. And it got over. And she said, I just felt something different. And I was on the end. And she said, everybody wanted out. So I said, well, I better go to class. And she said, but I couldn't. So I stepped in the row behind me. And she said, I'll just be a little late to class. And she said, then I couldn't leave. She said, I didn't. There wasn't anything I could put my finger on. All I knew was it was different. It was just different. And she says, uh, so Jesus, what's going on here? <laughs> she says, I'm right here. What's going on? And she read a scripture. It's Psalms 31, 19. And I just want to read it to you. It says, oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. And she said, I read that scripture and the Lord said, abundance. There's more, there's abundance. And she said, I just couldn't leave. And from those 19 people, they had 50,000 people come from those 19 people. And when I was listening to her, I was so moved by her. She's a sophomore. Uh, when she came to Asbury, she was not born again. She had so much anger in her. It's all she could do was just be there. And God began to melt her anger and used her to be the one who would stay and steward the presence. And yes, I was very moved by that because what I felt uh, as I was talking to the Lord, I said, Lord, would I have stayed? Will you stay? And it's a question. It's a real question we have to ask ourselves. If the Lord is moving, who will stay for the move of the Lord? Who's willing? She said, she said I, I knew I needed to go to class. She said, but I, I couldn't. I knew I had to stay for what I didn't know I was experiencing. She said, I had no idea. I just knew it was different. So would you stay? And it's really a question we all need to start praying through as God does whatever he's going to do in our house and in the different places we go. Are we willing to just lay it all down? One of the words for this year, Matt brought it the first of the year, is it's a time of sacrifice. It's a time of breaking open our alabaster box, our alabaster jar, and breaking it over the feet of Jesus. And part of it is, you know, really, Asbury did not get to count the cost. You know, the word says count the cost. They did not get to count the cost. The sovereignty of God moved in on a simple chapel service and 19 students said we just can't leave which brought 50,000 people to an encounter of God desperate hungry people people who weren't saved but the but whoever someone drug them with them 
They came because they knew something was going on that they had to see. And instead, they were, God saw them and they responded to God's presence. So 19 people said, yes, I will stay. 19 people. We met one girl in the hall and uh, she went to the first night, but she never went back. And you're thinking, huh? But, you know, there's just so questions. You're like, really? She's like, nah, it's good. <laughs> I'm good. But, you know, it's funny because everybody responds in the way and the place that they're in in that place. And one of the th questions I'm going to ask us to really pray over is, will we stay? Are we completely available for whatever God wants to do? Whether it's here for 166 hours, whether it's, you know, sending you somewhere for whatever you're going to do. But are we willing to steward the move that God is doing? And we can all say yes, but when it shows up, you're going to know whether your yes was really a yes. You're going to know. And I was thinking about, I'm going to read this Exodus 33 when I was praying through this. Because we are having a move of God in our house. And for those of you who are regular here, there is a move of God in our house. And it is different every time we gather. We never know. We never know what he's going to do. We, we, just, we just know he's doing. And... Um, that's part of our commitment to him is wherever you want to go, God, that's where we're going to go. But Exodus 33, 9 uh, just says, do we have that? No, yeah. It says, and it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend. God, do we all want that? Where we are just face to face, friend to friend to God. And he would return and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. So it's interesting to think about Moses went out to do what God had called him to do, but Joshua stayed. Joshua stayed. And he lingered in the presence of God. And Pastor Gene talked about this a couple of weeks ago at the outpouring. And we're going to turn to this 1 Kings 18. And we're going to start in verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and there was nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then he came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So, Elijah sent his servant out seven times and he saw the small cloud. And then he said, there's the move. There's what God is about to do.
And we as a body are learning how to see the small cloud to contend until it's there because he knew the rain was coming, but he didn't see the evidence, but he knew the rain was coming and he kept sending his servant out. The rain is coming. Go look, go look, go look. We know that God is sovereignly moving across his people to revive us. Revival is a condition of the heart. It's not all this external stuff. It is the condition of a heart. It it makes our heart so desperate for God that we do anything for him. It's not the music. It's not the people. It's God provoking the hearts to be revived just like one of those chargers that get your heart restarted so that all we can see or think or breathe or do is God. And if I can't see him and if I can't get close enough to him, then I'm going to keep pushing until I do. I'm going to keep pushing until I do. I will not be satisfied where I am. I will only be satisfied until I have encountered what he has for me right now. And that's what happened in Asbury. People were so hungry. And I, I'll tell you something. Um, when you met people there and talked to them, the locals, the people who came, all they could talk about was God. All they could talk about was this, this, this feeling that they have that they couldn't quite describe. And they're looking for words. And one little girl we met her, Donna, she, I don't know if she's a little girl. She's probably 40. I don't know how she was. But she had a hurt leg. And she said, I was going to pay the bill for my friend. For my friend. And on the way to pay the bill, I saw the son that said, Asbury. Well, she's from around there. And I'm thinking, did you not know where it was? But anyhow. And she's like, there's something going on there. That's right. So she takes a detour, goes there, stands out in the grass with everyone else. They told her they couldn't do surgery on her knee because she had arthritis in it. And because of the arthritis, the surgery wouldn't do any good. She gets healed by accident (laughs) because she knew that God was moving and she just wanted to see what was going on. So when we met her, she had brought her sister and her sister's friend. And she was like, I just have to be here. And she's so cute. She's like, I've never done TikTok, but let me practice. And she gets her TikTok out. She goes, oh, no, that's not good. Let's try it again. (laughs) We're trying to help her do TikTok. I'm like, that's really not my thing. But yes, I can do the tech part of it. But but it was so funny. She said, I got healed because I went to pay a bill for someone. And I took I just took a detour. So what is our rain going to look like? Do we even know? I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know God is raining on us. And I know that every move of God from house to house is different. What's happening, it happened in Asbury is not happening in Pasadena. They're doing something different. It's not happening at the Arise Church in Brandon. It's not happening here the same way it's doing there. What we have to understand is, first of all, revival is a heart condition. It really is a condition of our heart. And our pursuit of God will provoke the presence of God to reign on us. 
But we have to know that the rain is coming and we're not going to quit looking until the rain comes. And not just a drip, drip, drip. But a downpour. But a downpour. And from the Asbury perspective, I will tell you the one I saw a couple different things. Um, First of all, the criticism of Asbury by the body of Christ was astonishing. Astonishing. The, uh, you know, when the Asbury happened in 1970, there was no social media. Of course, there's social media now. And I got text, you know, they're shutting it down. I'm like, no, that's not actually what the president of the college said. And, you know, I got all kinds of stuff. You're not going to be able to get into the town. What's your purpose? I'm like, if I knew that, (laughs) then I'd know why I'm going. I told somebody, I said, I'm not going because I want to get into Hughes Auditorium. I'm going because God said, you need to go. And even if I'm standing on the outside of the city, I'm going because God told me to go. And that's where God is challenging us. Are we completely broken open where we'll do whatever he wants us to do? It, in the, um, the old, uh, the 1971, like I said, we, we met that guy. Uh, it was interesting because he said it changed his DNA forever. And he said that they went 144 hours nonstop. Now, you know, I don't know how long is that. Somebody do the math real quick for me. Yeah, this was a week at 10 days, something like that. Six days, you know, give or take a day or two. But, but what he said was that they sent out, and he was part of it, 2,000 witness teams to churches and college campuses to release what God had poured in. Changed his life forever. And that's what the president of Asbury said. He said, first of all, they stewarded their students. They protected their students well. All us foreigners, they found a place for us, but their students came in the back door. They got a secret entrance to make sure that they could be a part of what was theirs to begin with. We were just, we were just uh, welcoming, I'm sure it's sometimes unwelcome visitors. But they sent out 2,000 teams. And where they sent them out, revival broke out there. And I don't know if all the places, but he was telling us the places they went. And that is what revival is. It is to revive us, to send us out to what God has poured into us. That really is what it's for. A revival like Asbury, like I said, one of the biggest criticism is they're shutting it down. No, those leaders, those trustees, those, that president, they are praying and saying, God, what do we do? And what they did was they did Friday night. I mean, Wednesday night was the last public service. Thursday was the collegiate day of prayer across the nation, which had been, which is the collegiate day of prayer every year. And then Friday, the university shut down and gave everyone a Sabbath. All the students, all the teachers, all the faculty, all the board, everybody got a Sabbath because in talking with them, they worked basically 24 hours a day managing this. They would go home and get quick naps and come back. Because when 50,000 people, 20,000 in one day, over 20,000 in one day, hit a town of 6,000, 
Think about bathrooms. Think about just toilet paper. Think about they have like maybe three restaurants in town. Subway, one of the main ones. (laughs) They didn't order food for 20,000 people. So their whole life, they weren't given the opportunity to count the cost. They just responded. And one of the little girls, she was 37, that was working with the sheriff. She says, this isn't what I do. She said, but I'm security. She said, and the reason they picked me is because I can talk really loud. <laughs> but she's like a little big girl. And, and she said, our goal as a town, because we are so close knit, is to make sure that everyone who comes during this revival has the best experience they can have. They sacrificed for us to be a part. And that type of revival is not sustainable. Everybody thinks that we're going to have a revival and it's going to last forever. It's not even biblical. It's not biblical. You know, even in Exodus, there was a cloud by day, a fire by night. When the cloud lifted, they moved. God is pouring out revival to change us so that we can go out and harvest a world that needs Jesus. He's not pouring out a revival for us. He's pouring out a revival for the kingdom so that we can be used in order to grow the kingdom of God. You read through Acts. When Paul went into a town, he didn't stay forever. He lit it on fire and he moved on. Peter lit it on fire. Stephen lit it on fire. Yeah, they lit them on fire and then they moved on. And what we have to understand is that God is going to light us on fire and we're not going to stay wallowing in the fire. We're going to be a flame that he's going to send out to transform the world. And if we will quit looking at a revival of the end result And look at it as the beginning of the next phase of harvest that God has for us. Then we'll have a different understanding of what God is trying to do. And, you know, we've cried out for revival. We've cried out for revival. But we think revival is God's going to stay in our house. And we're going to stay in our house. And we're going to be housebound. (laughs) Seriously. But God's going to stay in our house until he lifts and says, it's time for you to go out. And what we see is the critique of that by our own people. Because they think it's going to last forever in one location. It's not biblical. It is not biblical. It's not biblical. If God wants us to be here for an hour or 200 hours, that's what we'll do. But the question is, will you, will you stay? And then will you go? And it it is a question that is a serious question. It's not one that we can flippantly say, oh yeah, God. Because the moment you say, oh yeah, he's going to be, let's test it. Let's try it out. The enemy is going to say, oh, let me see if I can get you to turn away and change your mind. Because it will be a sacrifice for all of us. Whatever God does, it will be a sacrifice. But it will be such a worthy sacrifice. 
God is worthy of the sacrifice of our time, of whatever it is, our money, our energies, whatever it is. You know, when you, when I went up to Asbury, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. You're soaking the presence. No, at, at times I felt like I was in an out-of-body experience where I'm watching what's going on. And God is talking to me and teaching me about what is happening. Um, we went to the IGA, which is a little grocery store up there. And Leonard, who's probably in his late 80s, it's cold. It was cold. The first day I was there, it was cold. Uh, it was 47 and windy. So we go in the IGA and he's like, come use our bathrooms. And it, can you go in someplace and say, can I use your bathroom here? Oh, absolutely not. You can't use our bathroom. You're the public. Get out of here. So he says, yeah, come use our bathrooms. And he's he's been married for 62 years. And there's Bible verses all over the IGA. They have Bible studies there. And he's telling me all about Jesus and all about his wife. And she's from Georgia and he's from New York. And he's telling me what a combination that was to begin with. And uh, I said, do you by any chance sell hot coffee or something? He goes, no. He said, but I'm going to make you a pot. I said, oh, no, you don't, you don't have to do that. He goes, oh, no, have a seat. And me and my two other girlfriends, Michelle and uh, Kina, sat down. He made us a pot of coffee. I said, well, we'll pay for it up front. And he goes, no, you don't have to pay for your coffee. Just sit and enjoy and uh, he was just telling us about his life and just loving Jesus. And, you know, it was just this sweetness of we weren't a bother. We were an opportunity. He had to make sure we were all saved. <laughs> and we asked to pray for him and uh, his wife been going through some things. So, you know, but, you know, there's there's something about this that God is changing our hearts. He's wanting our hearts to be tender toward him. And even when people are a bother, because three people coming in, at, you know, 10 to 5, asking for coffee, it might seem like a bother. But even when we could have been a bother, he saw us as an opportunity to serve us. And he got out the sugar and the cream and took us around the counter, help yourself, and we're like, anything to eat, you know. But, but God is tenderizing us because we can't harvest if our heart is hard. We can't harvest if we're looking at the person next to us who is kind of in our way as an obstacle instead of an opportunity. Revival is all about our heart. It's all about our heart. I want to read this out of Psalms. It's all about our heart. This is Psalms 119.25. God is striking the heart of his people. It says, my soul clings to dust. Revive me according to your word. I've declared my ways and you have answered me. Teach me your statues. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law gracious, graciously. I've chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I've laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. Oh, Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Revival is all about our heart. It's all about becoming the heart of Jesus for, he puts, for who he puts in front of us. And part of what we do here 
as allowing God to transform us, to change our hearts here so that when we go out, we're a little juicier, we're a little kinder. They're, they're, I forget the name of their county. It's like uh, June something. Uh, let's see. It's Jess. It's J-E-S-S something. That's the name of their county. Where there, where there are signs everywhere, it says, Jess, be kind. <laughs> everywhere. In all their stores, all this kind. Jess, be kind. And that's what we saw was just their kindness and their sweetness. And um, we went to get a subway at quarter till 10 at night. Like I said, they have like three restaurants there. Chinese subway and I think the IGA, you know, because they serve lunch. But um, not very many restaurants. And I was talking to the little girl there. She's probably 17, maybe. She says, um, we've been really busy. <laughs> I'm like, you think? <laughs> I said, well, how are you doing? She says, I'm okay, but I've this was on Thursday. No, Wednesday night. She said, I've already worked 70 hours this week. And this will end an 11-hour shift for me. And I told her, I said, thank you. I, I don't know what to say. I just so appreciate you being here for us. She's like, you're welcome. And I'm sure she's thinking it's 10 till 10. Hurry, get out. <laughs> but, you know, but that's the way they all were. None of them were curt. None of them were uh, uh, abrupt. None of them were bored with us. They were all just there to serve us. And I felt like that that is a sign from God of what he's calling us to do. It's just, we're just here to serve. We're just here to do what you've called us to do. If you need a sandwich at 10 till 10 p.m., she was going to make me one. And, uh, and she smiled doing it. And the guys before us ordered like 15 footlongs. Uh, but they were just kind and just full of life and full of just wanting to serve us. But that, is, that really is the key to all this. Revival is for us to get our hearts right in order to be sent out for the harvest that God is producing right now. Amen. And we can't compare ourselves to anyone else that it's happening to. We can't criticize anyone else's hand, whatever God's using them. Someone had called us a wonder, the inside scoop on the, the uh, they were going to be on a show. They won the inside scoop on the president shutting it down. I was like, I got no scoop. I said, first of all, I would not touch another man's work because I'm not in the center. I'm not in their prayer. I'm not part of their, their leadership. I'm not one of their intercessors. So I am not touching another man's work. And number two, if you actually read what the president sent, sends out, he says it's coming to an end because it's time for us to go. We've been filled in order for us to pour out. So what am I criticizing of a man and a group of people who decided this that is following a biblical pattern to steward until it's time to go. So it's interesting as we read social media, I had a lot of things copy and pasted to me from social media. I'm like, that isn't even true. Just go to their website. Their website was very clear on what was happening. We have to, number one, we got to Watch what we believe, because not everything that's written is true, other than the word of God. We have to watch what we say, because we cannot criticize others that we don't have 
uh, uh, a position to understand what they're doing. We have to watch what we do in order to be a demonstration to other people and make them want to know us instead of want to run from us. And we have to make our yes a yes to God. And if we're going to say yes, then know that God is going to put a demand on the yes you just gave him. So get ready. Because it's not going to be anything like we think. Because he loves to surprise us and throw us off bounds and, and do things where we're like, what? You're asking me what? You're asking me to drive an RV all the way up to the East Coast? No. He's going to ask us to do things that we are not prepared to do, but send every provision we need to get it done. And he's going to strengthen. We're going to see a strengthening of the body of Christ like we've never seen before. And it will be a core that will move the kingdom forward. And there will be a peripheral that will criticize the core. But we cannot entertain the peripheral. We just have to keep moving and keep our eyes focused on the assignment that God has given us. Like Paul says, I press on. I forget what's behind me and I press on for the prize that Christ has set before me. But my challenge for all of us today is we need to really take seriously. Will I stay? Will I go? Will I do what God has called me to do? Amen. 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 Okay. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. How, do you have something to say? Okay. Well, let's pray. I'm going to pray because I, I want us to. Uh, whew. This is going to be a fun, but very unnerving time for us. And the only way for us to stay steady in it is stay close to Jesus and close to each other. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you because. <sighs> yes, Lord, I thank you. Okay. <laughs> I love it when I start to say something. He's like. Ah! <laughs> Don't let that come out of your mouth. I was going to say yes for all of us, but I really can't do that. So, Lord, I just thank you that you have posed the question to us. Will we? And individually, we have to answer that. But corporately, uh, as the pastor of this church, as far as our church goes, we will. And whatever the cost is, God, whether we know ahead of time or not, we will. Uh, so, Lord, I'm just praying for everyone here and their hearts and everyone watching online and our web church family. I'm just praying that as they go through this process of would I, Lord, would I have been one of the 19 who stayed, that you will speak clearly to them, not only of their uh, hunger for you, but really that um, what I just keep feeling like is he's just drawing you into a place where you don't actually care what the assignment is. All you really care about is Jesus. So Lord, whatever the next minute or the next hour brings, God, that is not of a concern because we know, Jesus, that your best is always there for us. So whatever you're calling us to, God, it is your very best.
and you will provide and you will make a way. And uh, if we have to take off work, you got all that worked out. You've got it, Lord. So I just feel like, Lord, there is an ease of stepping in this to you, even though our mind may not understand our spirit longs for the fullness that you have for us, God. So Lord, even as we pray today and we seek you and we go through this time of fasting, whatever needs to be broken off, break it, Jesus. Whatever those little uh, cockerburls that get on your socks in Florida, just pick them all off so that we can walk clearly and, and directly in the path that you have for us, God. And God, we just say more. We want more of you. We, we want a depth of you like we don't have in this moment, we're, but we're going to have in the next moment. We, we want to continue to grow in you. We want to continue to pursue you, God. We, we want to be so close to you that it's breath to breath. It's face to face. It's friend to friend. It's father to child. So God, just thank you that your word says that that is more than possible, that that's what we're designed for. So, Lord, we just say yes and amen to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.